This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 53. Hi everybody, welcome to the show. This week we are talking about what's probably one of my very favourite topics, content curation and content creation and how it can all blend together to tell your story online. Neil Whittington is the man behind online stationery Wonderland, present and correct. If you've not already checked them out, I apologise in advance because you're probably going to want 50% of the shop. I know him not just for the beautiful range of stationery he stocks, but also for the exquisite and totally enchanting way he curates his social media channels. So I called him up at his London shop to talk about Korean notebooks forgotten Tumblr links, and the power of a Google-translated hashtag. Hi, Neil. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for talking to us. Could you do a quick introduction to yourself and your business for everyone listening? Yeah, um, so I'm Neil Whittington, and... I own Present and Correct, which is a um, it's a little uh, bricks and mortar stationery shop in London, and we're online. We've been online for a little bit longer than our actual store. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I do. I find nice stationery and I make stationery, and generally love stationery. Yeah, super nice stationery. I think I found you <laughs> online back in the day because um, you were one yeah, of the I've been few, around a while. yeah, and you were one of the few people that was stocking like gorgeous Korean brands that I have been obsessed with for some time. Yeah, it's um, when I first started. It was funny because a lot of the brands, I suppose, um, were not heard of, mm. but since then they've all uh, got distributors. So um, a lot of the brands are kind of more widely available now. Um, so that's been an interesting change. But yeah, it's um, I've always tried to have kind of smaller brands or brands that people haven't heard of. It's getting harder to do that, but it's always quite fun hunting for them. Do you think that makes a difference to your business as they get kind of more popular? Because I can see it maybe going both ways. Yeah, I think um, I totally understand why brands would do that. Of course, they want to sell as much as possible. Um but I suppose it can make something seem less special mm. if you can go to any number of shops and see the same stuff. Um, and I feel like the internet has kind of made that happen a little bit. Yeah. But then most small businesses are really good at being aware of other small businesses. So you see what we're all, you kind of look at what everyone else is doing. And, you know, if you, if you want to make, if you want to stand out a little bit, I suppose you try and find stuff that's different or just put a different slant on it. Yeah, or pick different parts of the range or whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's easy to avoid, I guess. Um, but it's just more of a recent thing that um, these brands become more widely available. So you started as an online-only business, and is that when you first got started using social media as well? Yeah, I think uh, I've always done... I did Facebook from the very start because it was a lot easier. It was a lot better back then. That's yeah. what everyone was using. You know, it's not like now. And then I've done Twitter since 2009. And then I did Instagram, I think, 2012. I was quite late with Instagram um, because I knew that it would take up a lot of my time, which it does, <laughs> um, which I, I always knew that I'd really enjoy it. But I knew it would be time consuming. But yeah, I love it. And I've been doing that since 2012. So 
And you've got like super strong presences on all of those platforms. Like, <laughs> it's kind of worked out well, but I think that's, I don't know, I do spend a lot of time doing that, but it helps. I like doing that. Um, so yeah, it, I guess the effort pays off in a way. Do you use it personally as well or is it just professional? Just professional. I've got a personal Facebook page, but I never look at it. It's really so people can invite me to stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> But, so you're uh, literally just Instagramming like the beautiful stuff that we see on the present and correct page and nothing yeah, else. Yeah, then I kind of think my Instagram is quite personal anyway because it's pretty much just me doing it. So everything I put up is stuff that I like or see when I'm wandering around. Yeah. Um, so I rarely put up other people's pictures. In fact, maybe I've done like three over, you know, six years. So yeah, everything's just kind of stuff I like. I think that's really fascinating because I suspect like if people listening go on their phones now and find your account you're just at present and correct on Instagram aren't you yes Um, and while they're there they should follow you obviously Um, but it it doesn't immediately leap out as being personal Um, and I don't say that as a negative thing but I think it's really interesting because a lot of people have tried to emulate what people like you have done so it's the reason I think it works is because it is so personal because it has such a cohesive uh, voice behind it because it's you yeah. and your tastes but a lot of the time people will try and kind of farm that out to either like a social media manager or like a series of people that work for the company and that's when it can kind of start to slide yeah or they they do that but then they use other people's images yeah to bring, to bring in kind of um an aesthetic but the images aren't necessarily their own a lot of companies do that which you know whatever it's up to them I suppose um but yeah I mean I, I don't know. Mine's personal in its taste, but I never really, I never, I don't think I've ever done a selfie and I never put stuff like that up. Um, it's just stuff that I see. Um, and I really enjoy doing that because I think as well that if you wander around and live in a big city, then you're always seeing little things that are interesting. And if you look at it from that viewpoint, then it actually makes Instagram easier because you're not constantly searching for an Instagrammable thing, like a classically Instagrammable thing yes you might see like a really good door or a gate or anything that I suppose isn't um an Instagram cliche but I think it's becoming more of a thing because people are seeing that it's actually quite easy to look out for these little kind of quirks in the place where you live and it kind of makes you appreciate appreciate what's around you a bit more I, I know there's a lot yeah. of criticism of Instagram and people spending their time always on their phones or behind the lens but I think there's kind of some merit to that mm. and I think sometimes I mean it sounds kind of naff but um I'll maybe take a different journey to work sometimes just because I think I might see something else that you know like out of your daily routine you get familiar with all the things you see and so like if you go for a walk or you might take a different route to work or I'll go into town one morning and just wander around and hopefully just see something. And that's quite nice because it gets you out looking at stuff and gets you out of your little world that you, you know, like everyone goes to work every day and you have your world that you live in. So it kind of forces you to go out of that, which is good, I think. I think that's probably got benefits way beyond Instagram as well, just in terms of like (laughs) brain plasticity and everything else. Yeah, it's good for your head, definitely. Definitely. So what's your background? Because your pictures are really strong they're really beautiful and, and obviously there's this this really I mean this badass taste behind everything like I love <laughs> everything you share I'm like yes yes this oh, I need this in my life um <laughs> so where does that come from um well I studied I did a graphic design degree um years ago and then I worked in branding for about nine years 
And I worked in a company that had a really strong aesthetic. And I think maybe that kind of uh, not dictated, but taught me how to look at something in a particular way or um, to, I guess, maybe the world that I'm putting on Instagram is, like I said, it's what I like, but it's I don't really deviate from it. Um, yeah. And I think that was kind of taught to me at the company, at the branding company that I used to work at. But um, so, yeah, my background's design and graphics. And that's why almost all the pictures have got kind of a graphic bent to them, because that's just how I look at stuff and the stuff I like. That makes so much sense. So do you find like, have you ever taken pictures that you've thought, I like this, but it doesn't belong on my Instagram? <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, I do. Yeah. But then it's funny because I, I, that would have happened more when I first started in Instagram. But now I'm, you kind of get in tune with what, what it is that you want to put up, but also mm. what people like. And also now because of the way the algorithm is, you know what people respond to the most. And so you consciously edit before you take pictures. Yes. So for you, you're not even bothering to take it if you don't think it's got a place on your social media. Um, I might take it just and have it on my phone and do something with it later or, you know, just for my own kind of yeah. uh, benefit, I suppose. Um, but it was never a contender for the Instagram. Yeah, there's stuff. Yeah, there's always stuff that I just think, oh, I like that here and now, but people might think that's just really random. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's sometimes that's kind of a shame as well that as someone who was back on Instagram kind of when you were talking about like 2012, there was more of a space back then for stuff that you just liked that yeah. you didn't necessarily think anyone else would like and it would it was yeah. okay whereas now we are all a bit more because of the algorithm we're all a bit more like okay it needs to it needs to kind of resonate it's with shame. everyone it's, kind of, it's um, making you it's dictating what you put up yeah it's never really the point no it's kind of shaping our creativity which is yeah scary and in some respects if you want everyone to see more people to see stuff you really have to be um consistently posting the same sort of stuff which is a real shame because most businesses aren't like that and nor should they be. Yeah and the exciting stuff used to happen kind of from innovation and from people trying out something a bit nuts. Yeah and accidents. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, like you know if you're walking down the street and you see something obscure and you put it up and you know that pretty much everyone will see it so you know they might not like it but now so few people see things. Yeah. Um, shame <laughs> do, you ha- do you have a favorite platform now then kind of with instagram the way it's gone you're always on twitter as well uh i, I do love twitter but i because i love um because i'm always on the internet and i love the internet so i'm always finding stuff and i've got like a million bookmarks and um i'm finding things through following other people other creative people um and i love twitter for because it's kind of instant and generally people see things straight away um but I, you know, I love that and for the words as well. I like playing around with words and just kind of silly tidbits, just, you know, trying to make people laugh or make myself laugh um, and things that I've learned or read or seen. And then Instagram is obviously so um, visual heavy that I love that side of it and kind of making things for Instagram or like we said earlier about, you know, going out and seeing things or finding stuff. So that's a, they're kind of really different. I think Twitter's keeps you in front of your computer more yeah where Instagram is something that gets you out and about and that's really nice that they're really contrasting in that way how much time this is always a scary question so it's up to you <laughs> if you want to confess um Sorry. but how much time in an average day do you think is spent on social media or kind of the research work for social media um Twitter's the most time consuming 
I tend to, in the morning, I'll go through blogs and go through my bookmarks and find bits to post. Um, so maybe like, I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half, if you added it all together for Twitter. <laughs> and then Instagram, I maybe put one or two up a day now. So, um, yeah, maybe now, now and a half, two hours in kind of putting bits together. Which for some people I think might sound alarming. <laughs> <laughs> is that a lot? I don't think it is. I, I mean, mine, mine would be more. So I don't think so. <laughs> but I think some people approach social media, um, and probably some listeners can relate to this, as like a quick kind of hit and run, like a to-do list job that they just tick off. Yeah. And the difference from what we're hearing from you, and certainly this is how it works for me, is if you love it, you don't mind spending the time there to really kind of get get yeah. your hands dirty. Because I see it now as being an integral part of having a small business. Yes. And if you're going to do it, you might as well do it well and put time into it. Because if you put time into it, I think it pays off. Um, But, you know, also um, on my Instagram, I try and do maybe three or four little kind of photos a week products or some random composition or whatever. And they're the most time consuming thing because I have to take the picture and arrange it all and do all that stuff. Um, So that's probably where the time is. Because I tend with things like that, I fanny around a long time and <laughs> get really fussy about it. You can tell, you can tell you're a perfectionist. Slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it pays off though. Do you think, do you use those images elsewhere as well? Like, can they become stock images for the shop or for newsletters? Yeah, I, I sometimes use my newsletters or I use them on the site for product shots. Um, I normally put them on the blog, the ones that are popular, because then people pin them from the blog as well. Ah, yeah, and Pinterest. I, the popular ones I normally put on Pinterest too. I forgot to say I'm on Pinterest as well. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> Is that another hour of the day? Uh, no, I spend a lot less on that. Um, I uh, it's re- Pinterest is really good for click through to the site. Um, and I'll maybe just do like three or four pins in the morning, which takes 10 minutes. Do you share your other finds on Pinterest as well? Because we've not even got into this properly, but you are always especially on twitter the stuff you share is like just the gold of the internet (laughs) and a bit random sometimes yeah but that's why it's so amazing (laughs) um yeah i do sometimes pin stuff i especially pin it if um because often if i find something that i really really like um like an amazing old book or something or archive of things i'll blog about it and then i will pin from the blog as well so it's all kind of linking back to me or to my twitter or something Really um, good, yeah. Because if you find something good and you've spent time finding those things, then you might as well put it on everything, you know. Especially with the way algorithms work, like the chances of someone seeing it are increased if you can put it on multiple platforms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. You just got to spread it far and wide. <laughs> Do you know what percentage of your online business now comes from social media, roughly? Um, I don't, but I can look. I did. I do get a lot of... Um, I'm just going to log in. Hang on. I think my referrals from Instagram in the past week have been about 60%. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know whether that means they all went to sales, but... Yeah, I guess it's hard to uh, measure. It's hard, yeah. Uh, Pinterest really good. So Instagram and Pinterest are the best ones. That makes sense because they're visual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think people, p- people definitely use Pinterest for shopping. And I guess Instagram's getting more that way, isn't it, with uh, um, just how they're making it. Yeah. Have you experimented with shoppable tags at all? 
haven't. I'm a bit scared to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to for a few reasons because um, at the moment it's set up as it's not set up as business profile. I was going to ask, yeah. And I've read so many things. That if you switch to business, then the algorithm gets even more hardcore because obviously they want you to pay for people to see stuff. Yeah, I was at an event with Instagram last week, and they right. outright denied that. They absolutely said there's no difference in algorithm. We don't hide posts. If you're on a business account, there's no difference other than the extra features you get. Right. But I understand that concern for lots of people, especially after what, face- what, fa- yeah. Yeah. what Facebook did. Okay. Yeah. And and now no one sees my Facebook posts. It's ridiculous. Um, and if I'm putting a product up, I'll pay maybe like five to eight quid just to boost it. Um, but generally speaking, it will be maybe two or three thousand people will see something out of about 37 which is such a shame yeah Yeah. and I can't afford to pay for every single post to be promoted no and and that's not why people got started on social media it's just another advertising tool it was always meant to be something different Mm. um yeah so it's a funny one and but then um a friend of mine Tara so I guess she said to me once she was like the thing with uh business profiles is if they decide that they want everyone who's a business on a business profile there's nowhere to hide like they're gonna know which ones of us are businesses and which ones aren't yeah that's true and just force us to switch which I think they did on Facebook in the end yeah yes yeah we had to um so are you, um do you get good reports from that whole shopping feature yeah it seems to be working for people I think it's a bit of a faff to set up yeah um, that's another thing I, I tried the other day and I was oh my god I feel really old I can't do it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's probably worth sitting on it for now if, you, if you're not desperate to. But I think there's rumors as well that they're going to be introducing like a payment gateway within the Instagram app. So you people right. to like save their card details and buy without leaving the app. Wow, okay. um, so it might come to a point where people feel like it's worth taking the plunge a little bit more. Yeah. Do you feel, though, or ever think that having... So you put like product images up and then they're high, you know, they're all tagged and there's a little basket sign. Because on Twitter, I did a little survey and asked people whether they considered it to be pushy or kind of too much. And it was about 70% said that they thought it that's was. That's interesting. But I wonder whether those people weren't Instagram users yeah, so much. Yeah, that's always the trouble on Twitter, isn't um, it? Because you're surveying Twitter users yeah. instead of Instagram. Because there's not always a crossover. It's kind of different It'd be mindset, interesting for you it? to duplicate that poll on your stories on Instagram and see if it got yeah. a different response. Yeah. yeah. I think because I, I do think that people are getting more used to it and when it becomes the norm, which I guess it is getting to be the norm, isn't it, then yeah, you probably do it. Uh, my approach with sales as well, I think maybe I've had this conversation with you on Twitter actually or it might have been someone else, um, is like the whole point uh, of having a small business and talking it. Can I, can I, sorry, can I just stop you because I've got oh, a yes, customer no, outside. Of course. Can I just... That's all right. I'm sorry that you're turning customers away for me. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not actually officially open today, but people. Oh, okay. Because anyway. you're there, they're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. 
Sorry, no, no, I think we had a side. conversation about this a little bit on Twitter, actually, when you first posted it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, like, yeah. yeah, you're a business. And I don't think, I never feel, when I see something I really love and then I see that I can buy it, I don't feel annoyed by that. Like, I'm often on Instagram shopping for, like, nice, quality <laughs> dresses. And it's actually quite frustrating when you go on a page and you're like, can I buy this? Like, is this last season's? Yeah. Is this just your own? Like, how? now I have to go to your website and try and dig around and see. Yeah. And I find it quite valuable in those situations. If I think that's the say. message I'm getting as well, generally. Um, if, if it's more than one product in an image, then people want to, would like them to be tagged, I think. But if it's just yeah. one product, I'd always put the link in the profile. And I think people generally know that that's going to be there. Yeah. But if you're featuring more than one thing in an image, then yeah, it's starting to get to the point that people want to click click through. Yeah, I think people are going to become more, like you said, more used to it. I think it's quite subtle as well, like the shoppable tags. You can tap the image and it just disappears. Yeah. Like it's not super intrusive. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I haven't tried it myself because you can't do it for digital products. You can only do it for tangible products. Oh, right, okay. So, oh, you know, I'm kind of making this up because I've not tried I think the whole having to put a catalogue in Facebook seems really... Um, uh, convoluted as well yeah I don't understand why yeah I mean I'm sure there's a benefit for them for us doing that I don't think I might be wrong about this as well but I don't think users in the states are having to do that I think that might be um a Europe UK okay. thing so we'll see how it evolves yeah. I'm sure it's going to keep on evolving because it's part of their part of their bigger plan um zooming back to what you said earlier about the well what we both said about the content you're sharing like on twitter so the stuff that's not your uh not your products not your images and it's not taking people to your website but you're sharing stuff that's kind of on brand or on message or of interest yeah um so things like you mentioned like amazing old books or like just collections of stuff i think i found via you once um a collection of like soviet wallpaper that's yeah, all I was that's photographing really i quite like old soviet stuff yeah it's, it's me not too. anything graphic and kind of um just interesting and attractive and unusual I think it's really interesting that you do that because um, like it's something that people would advise from a marketing perspective. It's kind of filling out the brand. It's making your profiles quite followable um, in their own right. So even for someone who thinks that they might not want to be buying stationery at the moment, there's still a reason to follow along. Like how intentional was that? Was that a marketing choice or was that just you being like, yeah, this is interesting? I think it's a bit of both. I think it started out because when I started on Twitter, I... I think everyone finds this. It's that thing of what do I say? Yeah. And if you're brand, then it's like, do I have to constantly talk about present and correct and what I'm doing? And and if so, that's quite difficult because you, there isn't loads of interesting stuff to say every single day. And there's not always new products. And also, I never wanted to bash people around the head with it because that's just irritating. And I think mm. if people follow you, then they know that you're there. And you don't constantly have to bang on about what you're doing. And I guess maybe from how I, how I use it and the people that I see on there, how, you know, people sharing nice things. And I kind of just, and I'm into the stuff that I share. Like, I don't post stuff if I don't like it. Um, so it just, it's like you said, like, it's fleshing out a brand because it's extending the world of present and correct into, you know, we're saying these are things we really like. And... Again, because it comes back down to stuff that I like, then it kind of feels cohesive and it makes sense. It definitely does, yeah. And 
it seems like a lot of those of the posts are the ones that kind of go semi-viral on Twitter for you. And, and Yeah, they do. I think anything interesting that people haven't seen before or... Um, sorry. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just going to get it. Yeah. Hello, President Correct. Yeah, what is it? Uh, yeah, so um, we actually made a few of those just for ourselves, but um, we did a few custom ones um, that, yeah, for different clients. Um, but we've never actually sold them on the shop. Yeah, but if you want to email us, then we can get back to you about how it works. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only way we can do it, just a custom-made one. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, or you can send it to mark at presentandcorrect.com. Yeah, is that all right? Great. Okay, thank you. Bye, bye. Sorry, do I need to repeat all that? Uh, no, do you know what? I, I want to keep all this in because I love that it's like the reality of running a business. Oh, really? I think, unless you mind, I think we should just leave it in. To you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking about... Uh, sharing stuff on Twitter. Yeah, sharing stuff on Twitter. And I was saying it seems like a lot of them go kind of viral. Yeah, Um yeah, because I, it's kind of maybe new, to, not new to the internet, but perhaps it hasn't been shown on social media before, like some old Japanese book or something. Um, and it's, I always like the idea of sort of being useful beyond just selling stuff, kind of not providing a service because that sounds really big headed, but it's kind of um, just sharing things and things that might be useful or inspiring to people and inspiring to me as well, you know all these things I find I kind of bookmark and look at again or, you know, it's just, um, and it's fun. It's fun finding stuff. The internet's good. <laughs> the internet's awesome. Totally agree. <laughs> Where are you finding this stuff then? Is this just blogs you've followed over the years and Tumblr yeah, and shit like that? It's real stuff. So it's blogs I follow. Um, it's stuff that I found in the past that I'll go back to, you know, like I've got links from maybe like 2009 that, I'd posted without images because you couldn't back then or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I bookmarked it and then I'll go back to it and re-find it somewhere else or, um, so there's that. And then I generally, I, things that I pin on Pinterest, I'll, um, then tweet those things because Pinterest is like a bookmarking, isn't it? Um, and so that's quite good for finding new design. Um, and then I do a lot of Googling in foreign languages, which is really good for finding stuff. Yeah. Do you speak? Do you speak these languages, or are you just using uh, like just, Google so Translate? I, yeah, I will Google Translate. I don't know. For example, um, I don't know Tokyo street signs. I'll Google Translate that into Japanese, and then I'll search that on Google Japan. Clever. Or Instagram, like um, you know, and then you find foreign hashtags that you would never find any other way. Yeah, I do that. Like, there's some amazing Japanese hashtags, and that's how I find all the beautiful Japanese photography accounts. Is like yeah. just fig- it, figure out the it hashtag. It just opens up a whole new world because it's outside of your language, and um, and also um, different countries are into different stuff, which you find um, over time. I suppose you see, like Japan, especially, is they love some niche architecture, or you know, there's like a brilliant account of uh, Japanese public toilets. <laughs> and they're all amazing they're all just incredible little buildings and they're all different and it's just stuff like that you know that you don't really get anywhere else um and yeah you find I find that through google translate that is such a good tip I've never heard anyone say that before I love also, it um, Russian if you if you translate to Russian to Cyrillic and then google google ah, that yeah. go through images and then obviously you're seeing all the visuals and then you 
click through and yeah it's, it normally gets good results i want to go and do that right now for like <laughs> it's really addictive japanese and korean aesthetic beauty um i wonder if you've got any other tips for people who are like struggling with their social media kind of especially i think because you're so strong at this um like knowing your your brand and your voice how can people kind of who are struggling with that refine what they're putting out there um it's quite hard isn't it it's quite a hard thing to sort yeah I've just totally put you on the spot as well um I think I suppose maybe just be yourself which is such a cliche but um yeah and I think don't like we said earlier don't feel that you need to always talk about what you're doing and talk about yourself because I think if you if you get over that and take you know cross that off as a thing then it makes it so much easier and then it's just a case of finding you've kind of find your tone of voice and maybe just your flow and then you just get into it and it becomes almost like a habit um which is a good place to get to because it's sort of like second nature in a way yeah and then you're not having to overthink it every time yeah yeah exactly I think Um, making it kind of attached to who you are as a person is quite key as well because then it stays fluid you do sometimes see brands like not really online but there are brands that just failed to update and move with the times and they still have the exact same branding and and voice as they had like 30 years ago um (laughs) I feel like Victoria's Secret that was in the headlines this week I don't even know if that's a brand that's on your radar but they sell like um pretty trashy women's underwear yeah um and they've had like a drop in sales and I was like well no shit because they're like they feel so dated as a whole concept now yeah but if you're if you're an individual that's like one of our strengths isn't it is that it can keep evolving with us yeah absolutely and as a as a small business you you're the one setting the rules so there's not some it's not some big corporation who's saying this is what we are this is what you have to do yeah there's no like a team of men sat around a table you've got to get on board (laughs) if you want to start posting slightly different stuff on instagram just get to do whatever you like which is really good I mean that's like one of the best things about having business isn't it I suppose and that's why I think it doesn't work as well when people outsource this stuff or try and be someone they're not because that's, yeah there's no joy in it and then if you're not liking it you're not going to want to do it and it all kind of that's, crumbles yeah that's the other thing I would say if if there's a platform that you really don't like and you're just not into then don't do it don't even there's no point forcing yourself because it will show and you're not going to get anything out of it I, I don't think I, I totally think. agree yeah. yeah and even like so sometimes like you just get sick of one platform and you might be like Instagram's just doing my head in yeah and I always say well just just don't go on there for a while like that's completely okay yeah um so I think that's really important because there's so many now as well you don't need to do them all um and you will just find your little groove in the ones that you do like yeah like I'm not on YouTube, thought, YouTube yeah. I'm guessing you've not done YouTube never done youtube i don't really do things where i have to be on video or show pictures of me or anything <laughs> yeah that's true i don't think i'd ever like i wasn't even sure who you were before i reached out <laughs> to you about the podcast i'm always dressed as a pencil just <laughs> um yeah it's just not my bag i like i know that i wouldn't feel comfortable doing it so i've never done it i'm just not interested <laughs> what but then there's so much advice online that's like you have to be present in your brand and video is the future and you can't be successful without it and i love that actually you're the perfect example of that's not true you just have to find the thing that you excel at and stick yeah. with yeah i mean there's nothing worse than watching the video of someone who's clearly hating it yes. like why would you want to watch that does someone be really uncomfortable it's painful <laughs> it's painful that's if anyone's yeah. ever seen me on video they they know exactly what that's like <laughs> there's so many other ways of doing this that work for you so just find them i guess 
Amazing. Neil, where can people find you online if they want to um, admire your work or shop your <laughs> awesome range of stationery? Um, well, you mean like all the social media handles? Yeah. So Instagram's present and correct, just all written. Twitter's present correct. Um, Pinterest is a bit more complicated. It's P underscore and underscore C, I think. These damn character limits. I'm glad that someone else has got them mixed up social media <laughs> handles. It's too late to change it as well, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I can't even face the idea of changing mine now. <laughs> Some jabber. Um, Facebook is present, co- present and correct, I guess, but I mean, no one uses Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just send me a letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send a pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> And the website is presentandcorrect.co.uk, is it? Dot com. Dot com. Awesome. Oh, one last thing I was going to ask you about is um, newsletters. You have an email list. I do, yeah. I do MailChimp still, Um, which I, after the whole GDPR thing, I was kind of like, oh, I was a bit gutted about it, but Mm. I think everyone was. was And it seemed like a bit of a storm in a teacup because everyone was... Oh, it's such a late old crap. (laughs) Yeah. It was, I don't know, it was, yeah, it was stupid. And I, I really felt like small businesses were getting penalised. Yeah. And we were the ones making the effort to do all these things. And then you know that big businesses won't care. No, like, absolutely. And actually, when you read through the guidelines, it's the big businesses they're going to be going after. Like, I think it would be really cruel and disingenuous if they were coming after people like us before they went after, like, Facebook. I mean, the first small business that gets fined, we should set up a Kickstarter for them yes. to get legal fees or whatever because it's nonsense i am so behind that yes i think as well it's it's really tight because we've all like our mailing lists have been decimated and i just wonder in a year's time are there going to be reports saying how it's affected small businesses and how turnovers dropped or whatever monthly mail out or weekly whatever you do is it really does help and obviously everyone knows that and so now we're sending to less people it's going to have an effect i think i felt as well like actually Everyone I know who's in small business has always been really careful and considerate about how they collected yeah. email addresses. Yeah. And it seemed kind of against the principles of GDPR, which was all about handling people's data sensitively and not wasting anyone's time. It was like, well, now I'm deleting all these people who took the time and mm. the effort to actually engage with me. And that just seemed really counterproductive. Yeah, because I think as a small business, you don't want to get into trouble. I mean, who wants to get into trouble? Yeah. But if you're a small business, you're so much more accountable and there's no one to hide behind. And so you do generally do everything you can to make it good. And when someone kind of, I hate it on MailChimp when someone will not unsubscribe, but say that you're spamming them and it's kind of like, Oh, you signed up and I don't know. And it's, it's a crappy feeling. And it also can have impact. So if lots of people report you for that, um, it can then like trigger stuff back at your ASP and then you'll be literally accused of being a spammer, which Um, it's really unfair when someone's subscribed to your list and then maybe just decided they don't like your emails. (laughs) Yeah. Or they forgot. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite complicated. It's a shame, but I I do do mail out still and, um, I like doing them and it's, I think it's still worthwhile doing. Well, all the statistics seem to show that mail outs convert to sales better than pretty much anything else. Yeah. Cause it's, it's so kind of specific and, there in in their inbox and I appreciate that people get a lot but if you make it look nice and the stuff's interesting then um hopefully it works so I don't think I'm on your list do you include like the cool stuff on the internet in your newsletters or is it more just product updates and shop updates yeah it's more about the shop and I did wonder about starting to include links and things or maybe do like a tiny letter but 
um, I guess it's another thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's another just, job. Yeah. I mean, I always link to the blog and I do kind of feel that um, doing it on social media is sort of sufficient. And I do wonder as well whether if you put too much in the mail out, then people are less likely to click through because they feel overwhelmed by everything. Yeah, I definitely like get sometimes really valuable emails from people's lists and I'm like, I'm going to read that later and I save it and then I just never read it. <laughs> So sometimes being able to just kind of flick through it quite quickly is definitely an asset. Yeah, you kind of want an instant impact, don't you, really? And kind of clean and straightforward. Um, but I really love um, the, the kind of current thing of tiny letters and people just sending links out. I think that's really nice. Yeah, it feels like a new wave, actually, of kind of people experimenting with their mailing lists again. Yeah, and it's just a nice, because it's, I mean, it, I guess it is self-promotion, but it's also sharing stuff. And it, it comes back to that thing of being useful, because they found nice things, they want you to see those nice things, and the nice things aren't about them, it's about other people. So yeah. that's never going to be bad, I don't think. I just put a podcast out today with my friend Jen, we have a joint podcast for businesses called um, Letters from a Hopeful Creative, if anyone's listening would like to check it out. And um, we were talking about like what you give away for free in your business, especially like for us, we're both kind of service-based businesses, so we're giving away a lot of information. But I think for me, and maybe for you as well, part of it is just... I don't mind if people can't afford to spend money with me right now or they can't afford to invest. I still want to have something that I'm offering to people. I don't want it to be like I'm only interested in people who are going to give me their cash. Yeah, exactly. And then I think that kind of says a lot about you or the business, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, I guess it's showing that you're much more than just selling things and you're in, into lots of stuff. Which is, again, is where something like I feel like a lot of big brands miss a trick because... Like they're just showing you like basically a catalogue of their stuff all the time. And I think, well, why would anyone want to follow that? Like I could just yeah. go on your website and browse that. Yeah, exactly. I guess they just think it's like a constant reminder, but whatever you're tweeting or posting is a reminder that you're still there, even though the content might not necessarily be about you. I love that. What a perfect note to finish on. Um, <laughs> so we've got all your social handles so people can reach out and get in touch. Um and now I don't know how to end it because I always end it with the social handles. <laughs> <laughs> you edit it so there at the end. Um, maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Um, I could, well, if anyone wants to write or got any questions or anything, then feel free. Feel free. Awesome. Um, Where's the best place to get you? Is it tweets or DMs on Insta? Uh, Twitter, yeah, tw tweet me, tweet me. Um, or, um, yeah, you can just email me. It's neil at presentandcorrect.com, N-E-A-L. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you. Show notes for this week's episode are at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 53. Both Neil and I would obviously love to hear your thoughts about our conversation today. So come by and find us on Twitter and on Instagram. I'll link to both of us in the show notes and let us know what you thought. I'm going to be back next week with another new episode, so thank you for listening. Music